Welcome back to The House Report, a podcast with stimulating conversations and thought-provoking content. We're committed to delivering topics that matter to you on design and branding, business, and leadership. I'm your host, Bernadette Capulon, aka The Accidental Entrepreneur. I'm also the CEO and founder of BC Design House. Let's get started. Today's topic is about demystifying marketing innovation and creating a culture of change. We're joined with Priscilla Stanton, Senior Marketing Executive responsible for innovation at some of the largest, most prestigious organizations in the industry. Let's hear what she has to say. Today we have another exciting podcast. We've got our guest today, Priscilla Stanton, and she worked uh, at Nestle uh, at the same time as I did uh, a few years back. Um, Priscilla has an amazing background. She's a senior marketing executive with 20 plus years of experience as a marketer, and especially in the innovation sector. And she's leveraged consumer insights to craft and develop Um, some impactful marketing campaigns. So I'm really excited about some of her ideas and tips on innovation. So welcome, Priscilla, and thanks for being here today and talking with us. Well, thank you for having me. This is great. We're in this amazing climate of entrepreneurs and small businesses, and they're all starving for marketing tools and guidance, right? But there's a sentiment out there, at least the people that I've spoken to just feel like any type of, you know, marketing consulting and even, you know, ideas around innovation is an expensive, you know, undertaking. Why do companies shy away from innovation? Innovation is expensive. It takes way too long to develop. These are the statements heard across many companies and come from all parts of the organization. She explains a little bit more. Let's start there. Talk a little bit about um, why companies shy away from innovation. It's important to talk about what innovation is versus renovation. And renovation is generally things that are line extensions, new flavors, limited time offerings, et cetera. But I'm talking here about innovation and the sentiment, you're right. It's definitely, um, I hear a lot from different founders and CEOs that innovation is expensive and it takes too long to develop. And it's definitely not true. I think innovation can happen at any budget. It's not time consuming if, if you do it right. And so I think that's the 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 thing that becomes a roadblock for many is that they think that innovation needs a lot of time and a lot of funding. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah. And so how do you explain that to them? Because I, I I get that like right out of the gate when I, you know, talk to uh, prospective clients and I, you know, talk about marketing and they're like, well, we don't have the budget for that. So how do you get around that? How do you explain that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of uh, case studies that can help uh, demystify, you know, what that looks like, and um, but I, I think there, are in in many ways, it's it's about really asking the questions of, you know, what what are some of the roadblocks that you are seeing within your organization about why innovation is is there's no appetite for innovation, and um, 
And so I think it starts from that and and really about really understanding the culture of the company and and really learning whether there are some inherent what I call pocket vetoes. And, and this was a term that was, that was coined when I was at Nestle. You know, so here's a big CPG company that's asking the question, why doesn't innovation work in many companies or why do we shy away from it in many cases? And, and a lot of times it's really about the these pocket vetoes, which we termed, you know, the new no. And these are just mm -hmm. comments that kill good ideas. So a lot of times mm -hmm. it may not be that it's about the budget, but it might be about the culture. And so mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to uncover what that is. And, and just some examples of what these pocket vetoes are, it, it's different things. You know, you've sat in a room with different cross-functional team members. I know I have. And a lot of times, you know, it could come from finance or operations. And sometimes they say things like, well, we just need more data. If we had more mm. data, we would be interested. We would want to pursue this innovation. Right. Um, other times they're like, well, that idea, we tested that years ago and it right. didn't work. Go back and look at all the stuff that we've done. And it just, it's not going to work. Um, one of my favorites is, and this is usually from different cross-functional areas where it's about, well, we don't have the capabilities to do that. And it's going to take a whole lot for us to put those in, you know, implement those, those capabilities. And, and I think you have to just kind of break that down and, and figure out, well, you know, is there a different solution? Could you outsource the manufacturing? Mm -hmm. Is there something else that you could do um, that, that really takes that? kind of hesitation out of the question yeah. and and then and then I also I I, I you know the numbers you, you can do back of the envelope calculations and bring that up you know the 100 million dollars idea have you know if you it, it, it generally have 10 percent maybe probability of success but if those smaller ideas say two million dollar ideas that are incremental ideas hmm. have a 50 percent probability of success you have to look and break down the expected value. And you could say, look, would you rather put your bets on a $10 million payback or a $1 million payback? And, yeah. and I mean, I think it's clear to say, well, you know, riskier ideas make good business sense in the long run. And, and I think that's the mindset that you have to go into. Yeah, that's a good point. Because a lot of times when you put this, you know, these sort of stats in front of people, you know, what's the alternative, you know, we can Correct. keep doing the same thing and only get this level of, you know, revenue or, you know, profit, or we can do this and get, you know, 10 times the amount. I think spelling that out, uh, I would say is, is, is a great approach and trying to convince people to take the risk. Um, you also talked about, you know, we need more data that automatically tells me that they don't want to take the risk. Right. And part right. of part of, yeah, innovation is, is really taking a little bit of that risk, you know, absolutely. And, you know, that 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 sort of gut kind of, you know, reaction, a little bit of that, a little bit of insights. And, you know, of course, a mixture of that to really get a product out there. I mean, if we're all just um, just relying 100 percent on data, then, you know, that doesn't work either. So. Absolutely. And, and I think we can all crunch numbers and make things almost impossible for, for projects to move forward. And I think a lot of times you do have to have a little bit of gut in, in the decision making. And I'm not saying, you know, don't look at data. Data is really important. Right. Calculated risk. Yeah, absolutely. Calculated absolutely. Risk. How do you create a culture of innovation? 
It's important to challenge the culture and stop the limiting beliefs that prevent marketing innovation from happening. Then make it fun for everyone and get everyone involved. Here's what she has to say. You talked about culture. You have to look at the culture as well, which I, it totally resonates with me because I have been in groups where, you know, the culture is like, ah, innovation. That just sounds like a lot of work, right? It's like, hear those moanings. It's like, ah, that's a lot (laughs) of work. That's more, you know, work on my plate and yada, 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 right? So you, how do you then create that, that culture of innovation? Like what have you done in the past? Talk to us about that. Sure. But, but I do want to talk about that, that feeling in the room when you bring <laughs> up the, it's almost like the bad word that you, yes. you bring up innovation. It just feels um, weird. And yeah. I was at a conference once and this woman who was heading this innovation unit at PNG said that it's the the stomach cringe factor that she mm-hmm. felt that others had in the room. And I thought that that was pretty funny because that's exactly what happens uh, many times when you bring up the word innovation. Um, and, and so there are many ways in which you can create a culture of innovation. Part of it is getting everyone in the company excited about innovation. One is that there's proof that innovation is important for the growth of the company. So that once you get that out of the way, yeah. it's about thinking about, well, how do, how do I want to engage the, the company and the employees? So some of the things that I've done are things like, you know, contests around having anyone submit some idea yeah, that they I think do. is really cool and passionate and rewarding that behavior, I think makes it really exciting for people. Another is just inviting them to do brainstormings with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer that mark that marketing teams are not the only teams who should be coming up with innovation. And so, you know, sometimes you get really good ideas from other places. And at the end of the day, though, a lot of these ways in which you can solicit innovation and get people excited, it may not be that these ideas are going to be the ideas that you're just, you're going to launch, launch right away, but it just gets people involved and engaged and mm-hmm. passionate about thinking about different ways of looking at your business and your company. And I think that's the kind of the, the solution or the, the environment that you want to create. Thanks again for listening to today's conversation and hot topic on demystifying marketing innovation and creating a culture of change with Priscilla Stanton. If you want to know more and get connected with Priscilla, shoot us an email at hello at bcdesignhouse.com. That's H-A-U-S. Join us again for another stimulating conversation. For our listeners, you can find this episode and many others on your podcast stations, anchor.fm backslash bcdesignhouse. Search for us on Spotify and Apple podcast stations. Find us on social media channels, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Our website address is bcdesignhouse.com. This podcast and episode was produced by BC Design House. Until next time, stay inspired and always be curious. Thank you.